Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. the word of God that has gone forth. And so today, uh, the last two weeks, he's been talking about the diseases of the tongue. And if you haven't heard those messages, actually one was on a Wednesday night and then one was last Sunday. If you've not heard those messages, I would encourage you to listen because see, God wants us to be well. He wants our soul to prosper. And if our mind, our soul is not prospering, we are not prospering in any of our life. And so, you know, above all things, Paul says, I want you to prosper in your soul. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, he talked about the diseases of the tongue. So I'm going to be ministering on a thankful tongue. Or you can say the blessing of the tongue. And uh, it's close to Thanksgiving. And uh, so we're just going to talk about that this morning. And, and I know that there will be a lot of thoughts that are going to come to you. But I, I believe that if we can get these messages and understand the power that is in the tongue. There is so much power. The Word of God says death and life. And so I, for one, do not want to live my life with a diseased tongue. And I think that should be the goal of all of us. And the truth is, we have all had a diseased tongue in our life. We've said things we should not have said. We can't put those back together anymore. But uh, it, it is a fact that this happens. There's a reason that we have a tongue and, and that we can see that there is a root problem reflecting that's infecting our tongue and reflecting what we are saying, what's coming out of our heart because our tongue reflects our heart. That should make all of us take note. They should take us all back and say, mm, what have I said in the last few days that was not edifying? It was not glorifying. It did not need to come out of my mouth. We have to be willing to do that. And so this morning, I'm just going to kind of uh, follow up with pastor. I don't know that this is a preaching sermon, but maybe it will be, but maybe it's just going to be Ta uh, uh, teaching you so but you may want to write down some of these things but they're so good and because I want to be well don't you want to be well don't you want to live the abundant life that Jesus came for he said I came to give you life not just give you life I want you to live in the abundant life but if we don't know what abundant life looks like then we will keep doing the thing that's easy do you know being crabby and hateful and saying what you want to is easy? Oh, it is. We can just spill our guts on somebody and walk away feeling justified. But it's sin. According to the word of God, it is sin. And so we need to do some repenting and we need to deal with the problems that are affecting our tongue. And when we do that, it means God, search me. Search me, O oh Lord. I want to know if there's any wickedness inside of me. I need to know that. And so, number one, we have to, if you're taking notes, we have to call our problem by its right name, which is sin. And the Word of God says we all have sinned, and we all have come short of the glory of God. We all have done it. 
But if we can get better at it, why don't we do it? If it brings us into provision, if it brings us into the goodness of the kingdom of God, then we should want to do everything that we can to make this flesh settle down. Number two, the word of God tells us if we confess our sin and receive forgiveness through Jesus Christ, that our tongue, even though we can never totally tame it, we can make it go in the right direction. First John 1 and 9 just simply says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Words that aren't edifying, they're not building someone up, they are judgmental, they are words. You know, we, you know, pastor went through so many symptoms and, you know, we can only judge yourself. You know, if we have diarrhea of the mouth, we need to say, you know, I need to learn to shut up. You know, we have to do this for ourselves. This is not about your wife. It's not about your mom. It's not about your husband, not about your grandpa. It's not about anybody except God. What do you want to do inside of me so that I can eat the good of the land that you have provided through Jesus Christ? Number three, we, we have to call a problem what it is. And if we, we can refuse to allow our tongue to sin, we can say no to sin and yes to God. I want my tongue to glorify God. I want him to be blessed. I want when I come in on Sunday morning and I stand up here and I praise and worship it to be something from my heart. I did not curse before I walked in the door. I did not say bad things about anybody else. I was not critical when I walked into the building. I have acted uprightly before God and for the, in, in front of those around me. The word of God's pretty explicit on what we should and should not do to live a good, healthy life. I said it a while ago. His plan, his will is that we prosper as our soul prospers. Jesus said, I come to give you life. I come to give it to you more abundant, not just abundant, but I came to give it to you more abundantly. And, you know, I thank God for prosperity in the financial realm, but I, you can be so sick in your mind, you can't enjoy your prosperity because your mind's messed up. The Word of God also tells us in James 3 and 10, Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things should not happen. Have we ever been guilty? Yeah. Is it sin? Yes. But is there a way out of this? Yes. And that's what we're going to do. We are going to, we're getting ready to go into a brand new year in just a few short days. We're going to go into 2023. Wouldn't you like to leave some baggage behind? Wouldn't you like to leave some of that stuff that just tormented you all year long? And the things that you didn't want to do, you found yourself doing? Well, you know, that's going to happen a lot in our life. But let's improve. Let's be better. Let's do more glorifying than we do saying things that we should not, that are not wholesome. I believe that God is saying to the church of Jesus Christ, I have more for you than what you're partaking of. Don't you want more of him? We can come and say, God, I want your presence. But if we haven't learned to repent for our sin, then we're coming in with a guiled tongue. Philippians 4, 7 and 8 says, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep 
shall keep your hearts and your mind. Now, isn't that something? The peace of God. No peace. No peace in your home. No peace in your mind. No peace in your life. No peace that you're speaking out of your mouth. Then your mind and your heart is not coming under subjection to Christ. But I like the next verse because here's an answer for us. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever. Now, here we go. This is what he says we can speak. I mean, we have a limited thing here that we got. You know, we want God, what God's got. But do you know that there's conditions to live victoriously? You may be saved, but you're not enjoying the blessings of the Lord if we don't line up with what God says. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Okay, do we have something in our mind we need to, oh, we need this verse, don't we? But this is what the Word of God says, because if we'll do this, it'll keep us with our mind peaceful. It'll keep the enemy from stealing the place that God says, when Jesus went away, he said, my peace, I be trothed to you. I will it to you. I want you to have my peace. Because when we have the peace of God that passes all understanding, it will help us keep our minds where they should be because Jesus Christ paid the price for us. We're going to quit being so hateful. We're going to, that mean spirit, that angry spirit that's out in the world. Have you ever seen so many people angry and mad? Never in my life have I seen so much anger and so many people so lost. They, they are doing things they don't even know why they're doing. That is not the abundant life. That is not the life that Jesus said that we could have through him. But we can think on these things. There's some things we need cleaned up. Some things we need healed in our life. Because obviously, there is the other side, not the diseased one, but the blessed tongue. That's what I want. I want my tongue to be a blessing. Proverbs 15.4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Our whole world was created by the spoken word of God. God, and he put within us a tongue that can speak what he says. Now, isn't that exciting news? Oh, come on, church. This is a good, this is a thankful message. This is a good one. Hey, we don't like it. We want to shout, but we want to make any adjustments, right? You know, we never want to do that. But I'm telling you, this is exciting news for us. This is, this is the road to victory for us. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A tree of life? Where do we get our life? Through Jesus Christ. It is a tree of life. And our whole world was created by the spoken word of God. So that tongue, he put it within us to speak what he says. There's a reason that our creative gave each one of us tongue. And so many times we misuse it. But in 2023, we're not going to as much, right? Amen? We're going to practice the, the next few weeks before... January 1, you're going to have practice time, which means you're going to repent a lot. We're all going to repent a lot. 
Mm, I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't nice. That wasn't kind. I am sorry. We got to learn to say I'm sorry. And that's hard. That's hard for some. Some people, it's easy. Others, it is not. We need to learn to be those people that can say I'm sorry really easy. Because we can repent when we can say I'm sorry. We can get things right in our hearts. We can get things right with God. Psalm 17, verse 8 and 9. I have set the Lord continually before me. He is my right hand, and I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. Back to the peace of God, right? Peace of God. That's what Jesus said, I want you to have. I want you to have peace. I know there's going to be times where we labor into that rest a little while until we come to that place when things are getting really crazy. But we pull ourselves back into that place where he dwells, where he can speak to us. But the scripture says, my heart is glad, my glory rejoices. On the day of, Pen of Pentecost, if you've read at all in, uh, in Acts, when the spirit of God fell and the crowd they gathered around, and they wanted to know what is going on. We've never seen anything like this. What is happening? And so Peter, he gets up, and he preaches this famous ser uh, sermon that, that we read about. He referred to the life of Christ. He referred to the death, and he referred to the resurrection of Jesus. And he used various scriptures from the Old Testament that were pointing towards Jesus in the New Testament uh, to because he was wanting to prove to them that Jesus was the Messiah and that Jesus was the Son of God. And so Acts 2, 25 through 26, David says of him. Now, David had already said back in Psalm 17, where we just read a while ago, we read it. I'm going to read Psalm 17 one more time, and then we're going to go down. So I want you to see the connection. This is David said, I have set the Lord continually before me. He is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. And as Pastor Lou said earlier, uh, David had a rough time. David didn't live on the mountaintop of everything being just right. He had, he had times where he had to repent. Therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh will also dwell securely. So we come here to Acts 2.26, and this is where uh, Peter is preaching and sharing with this uh, group of people that are wondering, what is this all about? And so he quotes David because, see, they know about David. These were religious people. They knew about David. And so he says, for David says of him, I was always beholding the Lord in my presence, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted, which translate into rejoices. Moreover, my flesh also will abide in hope. Hey, this is good news for us. Thankfulness is good news. Living a life of being thankful is good news. It's hard. It's really hard because we've used however many years of our life saying whatever we wanted to. And God says, you will never have peace in your mind until you understand that my word is alive and my word will set you free. There's something very profound about our tongues. And the, the answer is the creator gave us each a tongue for a supreme 
purpose. What is that purpose? That purpose is to glorify God. That purpose is to do what we did this morning. I tell you what, there were people, you could tell that this congregation, you were by yourself. You were out there. You were worshiping God just because you love him. You were worshiping him because you came into the sanctuary today. You came with an expectancy. You came not to grumble, not to gripe, not to look around and see what was not right, but you came into the house and you weren't finding fault with your brother or your sister or your wife or your husband or your pastors or whatever and whomever. You weren't doing that. You came in and you began to worship God. There's something happens when we begin to praise God, when we begin to glorify him, because that is why you have a tongue. The tongue is the member by which above all others, your tongue, this little thing that's not easy to control, but above everything else that we have in our body, this is to glorify the creator. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus for Carol. I just pray right now for healing in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you minister to her. Devil, you're a liar, and I get your hands off of her in the name of Jesus. I thank you that this mighty woman of God is feeling your healing hand undoing what the enemy is trying to do in her physical body. Thank you, Father. The answer is the creator gave each of us a tongue for one purpose. The tongue is a little bitty thing, but we get to glorify the creature with it. Aren't you glad you have a tongue? When you come to, to church today, you got to worship God. You got to praise. You got to sense his presence. Improper use of the tongue can cause us to fall short of the glory of God. And you know what? We've all done that. We've all fell short of the glory of God, but it needs to get where we fall less and less and less and less. Like I told you, you got a few weeks. You got two months here. No, you got a month and a couple weeks. You about six weeks to practice. Amen? Not reminding your husband, not reminding your wife, not reminding anybody else, but ask the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit is such a helper. When I say, wake me up, he wakes me up. When I say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I've laid something somewhere I'm just when we're in intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, we can say, Holy Spirit, convict me, convict me when I say and do things that are not pleasing to you. Because the word of God says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we like to say, oh, that's not how I feel. That's not my heart. Then why do we say it? When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the first manifestation of an infilling of the Holy Spirit, guess where it comes out of? Your mouth. On the day of Pentecost, their mouths were not acting like they had before. They were saying things they had never said before on the day of Pentecost. And that is what God will do when we will allow the infilling of his spirit. And when we get frustrated and when we don't know what to say, spend a little time praying in the spirit and see if that don't help ignite the Holy Spirit within you. Because inside of you, there is a well of living water. Spring up, oh well within my soul and we begin to allow the spirit of God to convict us and we begin to say God I am sorry that I have sinned with my mouth against you and we we get it right and then we go to these people that we are saying some of you need to apologize to your kids sometimes 
because you're the example they're going to follow. One thing that my kids loved about Daryl was the fact that he knew how to say, I'm sorry to my kids. And they had, were not used to that. I did, I was, I did, that, that was crazy. But to me, that's what makes a man. That's what makes a woman. That's what makes a boy and a girl to succeed in life. They know how to understand that we're not always going to be right. Sometimes we think it's Lauren and, it, and it's Hannah. We've done it both ways between him and I. But we need to have a humble heart and contrite spirit. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20 says, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual song. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Speak to each other with psalms, with hymns, and spiritual songs. You know, we had a really wonderful experience while we were in Armenia. So, so precious. It was the first time we'd been to this church in Armenia. But we met such a wonderful man of God that we will forever be friends with him, Brother Raphael. But there was something that was really, really cool. We went to dinner. We sat around this huge table. And they just, you know, they fed us and everything. But... He began to break out in song before the evening was over. He would break out. He knew just a little bit of English song. And so he began to sing that song because he knew we would know it. And so we began to sing with him. And then the next thing, you know, the guitars come out. You know, I mean, we had such sweet fellowship. How long has it been since maybe as a, as a family you've even... Sing a funny song together. But how about singing a worship song together? How about keeping worship going in our house? If we'll do that, we'll begin to sing those worship songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Make music in your mind to the Lord. And if you begin to do this in the mind... Out of your mouth will become a song of the Lord. There's many, many times Max and I will be, will be right, I'll be driving, he'll be writing, and I'll just, under my breath, I'll either be praying in the Spirit or I'll be singing a song. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you muttering about? I said, oh, I'm just singing again, Max. We need, we need to get our minds renewed so that out of our mouth will flow those living waters. John 7, 38 says, he who believes in me, he who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and river of living water. God wants us all to get to that place where that living water is flowing up out of our innermost being and coming out of our mouth. If the word of life is in us, it will flow out of us. And it's going to bring healing, not just to ourselves. It's going to bring healing to us. It'll bring healing, but it's going to bring healing to those that are all around us. As I said a while ago, we have an opportunity going into this new year, tasting the goodness of God. All my life, you've been faithful. 
All my life you have been good, but I know that you're so big, God, there's so much more of you. I have not yet tasted. We will walk in the goodness of God if we are saying what the word of God says. Because Jesus, we know that he is our high priest, right? And we know that he's already dealt with our sins. Thank God that he has. He died. He rose again. And he ascended to heaven. He entered into ministry as our high priest, our example. And today, he is representing you and I in God's presence on the condition of our confession. What are we praying? What, what is it that Jesus is contending, representing? What is it he's representing us to the Father for? Hebrews 3 and 1. Therefore, O holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly call, calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. High priest of our confession. Okay, do we need to work on our confession a little bit? Do we need to work on what we're saying about the word and what the word says about us and about those around us? We need to work on that because that is what represents Jesus in our life. That's what he wants us to use because that is how he is representing us in God's presence. It's our confession that links us to Jesus, the high priest. It's the basis of our spoken confession not our unspoken faith. I'm going to say that again. I have faith. You know, we can, we can defend that, but we won't speak out words of faith. We speak out what is. It's the basis of our spoken confession, not our unspoken faith. So we gotta, we've got to do something because that operates in heaven with Jesus as our High priest. Hebrews 10, 21. I had a lot of scriptures today, and but that's okay. We need to do a little Bible study, and if you're behind, this will catch you up for the week. We'll do that for you. Hebrews 10, 21. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us hold fast. Hmm. We got hey, to hold fast. We got to hang on because the enemy is going to try to put stumbling blocks to keep us out of the confession of our faith, confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He promised it. He said it to be so, and he is faithful. So you can know that when you speak the word of God, that as soon as the word of God goes out of your mouth over your situation, that's when it begins the operation of God's answering your prayers. And the manifestation to enter into the fullness of God's salvation in every area of our life. And that's what we want. That's what we all want. We have to make the right confessions. And we have to, you know what? We have the Holy Spirit living in us. And we have a Bible. We have apps. And we can find out what the Word of God says. What should I be saying about all these things. What should I be saying? We need to ask ourselves, what shall I be saying when the enemy comes against you? What should you be saying? You should be saying that even though these things are coming against me, I know that everything's going to be all right because the word of God has told me so. Romans 10, 8 to 10. The word of the word is nigh you, even in your mouth and 
your heart. That is the word of faith with which we preach. The word of God is close to us. The word of God, the Holy Spirit rides, resides within us. And it needs to be even in our mouth what the word of God says about our situation today. Whatever it is that you're facing. That if thou confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, which we do, then, then we shall be saved. Isn't that something? That's where salvation comes from. But there's a whole lot to salvation besides just giving your heart to Jesus. That is the first step. But God is wanting us to move into full provision in his salvation. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. For the heart, the mind, believes that what Jesus did, did for us, it's true. Because now we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And with the mouth, confession is made. It was purchased for us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It includes our spiritual. It includes our physical it includes our financial, it includes our temporal and eternal things. Salvation is packed full. And what are we uh, speaking out of our mouths so that we can live in the abundance of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's inclusive word for blessings, but we have to speak what God says. We have to speak those blessings. I thank you, Lord, that I'm the head and not the tail. I thank you that, God, you lift me above and not beneath. I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that no weapon formed against me or my family or my church shall prosper. I thank you that when the enemy comes and, and, and the, the report is evil, what do I say to this situation? What is it that we, what is it that you need to declare out of your mouth? We declare what the word of God says about us. It's all summed up in that one word of salvation. Oh, he's so good to us. He is so good to us. James 3, 4, and 5. I'm going to ask in just a few moments. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back because we're getting ready to worship God some more. We're going to give a little praise this morning because we have thankful hearts. With thankful hearts, we say hallelujah. With thankful hearts, we're not just here at a service, and we're going to forget between when we leave here and Thanksgiving Day. Oh, yeah, I need to be thankful again. No, we're going to start living a more thankful life. We're going to begin to speak out of our mouth what God says about that bride you have, what God says about that groom that you have, that parent that you have, those children that you have, what does God say about them? How are we supposed to act and react? James says, take, take chips as an example. Although they are so large and they're driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. And pastor talked about this. Wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. What the rudder is to a ship, the tongue is to our body life. Isn't that something? You know, in the there's so there's so many things and ways, you know, the blessings of Abraham, they they were wonderful. 
And some of those we still, you know, we know that we're the seed of Abraham. We know that when Jesus came, he came to fulfill what the law could not possibly fulfill for us. So we know that, and we know that we live under that uh, covenant, but we have to know what the covenant has in it. Amen? So how we steer our life, it's by choice. And we've all made bad choices. We've all said things we shouldn't say. And there are some things that come out of your mouth that are habit. And I just want to say something to you, okay? Uh, we, we know quite a bit about autism because we, we have a couple children in, in our family that has autism. And we know quite a bit about it. And they have what they call, is it echolalia? Echolalia. And what it means is they will grab hold of a phrase and they can't help themselves. And I, I'm, we have one in our family right now that over and over it has nothing to do with anything, but I need a vacation. We've heard that a hundred million times. And it's in the middle. Now, I, I, I want to prove something. I want to show you something here. We program our minds with what's coming out of our mouth. And it's nothing more than echolalia. And you maybe have not been diagnosed with autism. If you do, if you have autism, it's no shame. In fact, you're the most brilliant people I know. It's amazing. Amazing. So it's no shame. Own it. My goodness. Let's own what we are and what we have. But I just want to say that could it be what's coming out your mouth that you repeat, you repeat, you repeat, you repeat. Oh, you repeat. Yes, I know you need a vacation. Yes, we're going to have one. Yes, you do. Uh, over and over again. What are the words that you keep repeating over and over and over again? Mm. God wants us to have this abundant life. He wants us to have this peaceful life. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to rejoice gladly. How we steer our life is by our choice. Echolalia and all. It's still by choice. It is. Some of the things that we're saying, though, I would rather hear, I need a vacation, as some ugly something coming out of the mouth. But we're trying to reprogram. Yes, you do. And you will get one soon. And we point out when they are. We make choices. The whole, only the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit can enable us to use our tongues rightly. And God, when he created us, he says, I want communication. When you're praying in the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you what, there is communication going on between you and the Father. The Holy Spirit is talking for you. He's speaking for you. But it's the same thing when you are speaking out of what? This mind knows, this mind knows the word of God. This mind knows that when the enemy comes against you, sometimes you just turn the light out. Turn the light on the devil and his accusations. 
And let's say what God says about us. He's the spirit of truth and the spirit of faith. The Holy Spirit can only be the one that could help us use our tongues rightly. Galatians 3.13 and 14 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So it is written. See, we don't have to be cursed. A diseased tongue is a cursed tongue. Oh, come on now. We got to call sin what it is. Sin is sin. And you know what? Jesus prepared a way. All we got to do is repent and turn from it. And sometimes we just make a little bit turn and we do it again. But we work. We begin to see. The, we got to work out our salvation. We got to work on some things that aren't glorifying to God. We, we're going to go into 2023 more whole than we're leaving 2022. So that Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, might come to the Gentiles. So we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So Paul points out the promised blessing, the blessing that only comes through Jesus Christ. It's not our merits. We can't do anything to make it happen. But it is based upon our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Praise and worship team, would you come on up? Don't pay attention to them. I'm almost done. We as individuals, we as families, and we as a church can change the course, the rudder of our ship. The tongue is what changes the course. Isn't that something? Sit here, ask yourself a question. Have I been cursing my family? Have I been cursing my wife? Have I been cursing my husband? Have I been cursing my children? Have I been cursing my job? Have I been cursing those around me with my tongue? And you might say, oh, I would never do that. I'd never say bad words. Well, Pastor went through the list. Of, it's not always that it's what we consider curse words. It's saying words that are death do you, we understand the power of the tongue? There is life and there is death. And could we be speaking death over our son? Could we be speaking death? Oh, my goodness. I know. I, you know, I'm always like, I, I, I think next time I preach, I'm going to preach on praise. And we're just going to have fun. We're going to shout. We're going to have a really good time. Okay? We'll do it. <laughs> But God has so much for us, his richness, so much. And he's wanting you and I to walk in the goodness of his land, in his promise. Oh, his promises to you and I are yes and amen. I want to go into my next with the word of God in my mouth like never before. And so do you. I believe that. We're going to have to speak the word of God over our lives, our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, our jobs, our friends, our church. Eight, Romans 8, 14 says, many, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, are we led by the spirit of God? If we're led by the spirit of God, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speak. What is your mouth saying? Ooh, this hurts, don't it? What is our mouth saying? We're cursing what God wanted to bless. 
Because, see, he always wants to bless. God always wants to bless. See, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It rightly is dividing for us today a baptism of the Holy Spirit into renewing and stopping the enemy in his tracks. Amen? It's not a one-time experience to be led by the Spirit of God. Uh Uh-uh. No. We grow and we mature. It's daily. Daily. Backing up and trying to get... You know what? We've all lived a little life. Everybody that's in here, you're older than the teens, except for a baby, you know. We've all lived a little life, right? We've seen the goodness of God. But what if you could have more? See, your money is not going to make you happy. Your children aren't going to make you happy. Your grandchildren aren't going to make you happy. Those kids aren't going to make you happy. The husband, that wife, mm-mm. We got to get okay with God. We got to line up with what He says. The Holy Spirit will teach us and direct us. Hebrews 10 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. Galatians 5 23. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our life. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others. It's not about me anymore. Exuberance about life. Whoa, excited to live the life in Christ. Serenity and peace. We develop a willingness to stick with things. Mm. When your mind is going every which way and your tongue is going every which way. You won't stick to anything. A sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. Oh, should there be such a basic uh, holiness around your life that when you're in the room, people love being around you. They just like what they feel. They, they draw off of you. Is that happening? Or are you opening your mouth and puking on people? God, help us get our mouth saved. Well, it's already saved. We just need to line up with the word of God with it. Are we continually saying, I need a vacation. I need a vacation. Come on now, church. I'm just using that as example. Only you know what you keep saying. That's murmurings. You don't even have an excuse for it, except that you just fall back into that same thing. Or maybe you need to go find out if you need a diagnosis. Because God will heal and deliver. I know you love Pastor Rhodes, and I know you love me. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life. Don't need, don't need everybody else to give you affirmations. Don't need it because I tell my girls, we do Bible study as often as we can on Saturday nights, and I tell them, I walk in the confidence of God. People look at me and they see confidence. It's because I'm confident in God. I gave up all of the excuses that I made for so long that I wasn't enough. God says, I know you weren't enough. I know you weren't and that's okay. I chose to use you anyway. But we can walk in the goodness and the confidence of God. 
Now forcing our way into life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. And then I want to read this out of the New Living Testament. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fruitness, fruitfulness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. He lays it out for us. He says, that's what I can do. I want you to stand to your feet. And we're going to read together. I want everybody to read this scripture with me. Philippians 4, we started with it. Verse 7 and 8. And let's read it together. And let's let this get within our spirit. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. That's richness. If we will do what the scripture says, it's going to change our life. It will absolutely change our life. We can ask ourselves. We know that the battlefield starts in our mind. And the word of God tells us how to combat evil. We know that our natural man has no problem spewing out words that bring sickness and disease. But when allowed, the spirit man of God will proclaim what God says. Before they sing, I'm, going, I'm just going to have a little altar call here or... You, I don't, you mean, you can come if you want. You know, we want you to know that these altars are always open. But I want us to all say this together. And if I'm hoping that everybody that says this means this, because we can all use it right now. Holy Spirit, I cannot control my tongue aright. Come in and take control, Holy Spirit. I yield to you. I want my tongue to glorify God. Amen. We're called to walk in forgiveness and thanksgiving. And if you are here today and determined to walk in the blessings of the tongue, with thanksgiving. I want you together with me. We're going to worship God. But first of all, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and today your heart has just been, you know, God, I, I, I want to live abundant life. I want what Jesus paid the price for. I want it in my life. If that's you today and you want to come and you want to just pray. You want to spend a little bit time. But if not, would you lift your hands in worship? I will bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Let's do just that. Let's worship the Lord for a little while. If you want to come to the front, wherever and whatever you want to do, we got a baby 
a celebration in just a little bit with a precious couple. And we're so glad that God sent them to our area. And we're just going to love on them a little bit. But let's love a little bit on Jesus. You know what? He, determined, he, he deserves a, a little more love this morning. Let's love on him. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At the Table with Darlene.